Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes meeting weekly for a rugged outdoor workout and a real-world devotion around a fire. We're flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers, talking about real struggles, and getting pushed physically and spiritually to become the husbands, fathers, and leaders God designed us to be. We'll get you out of isolation, out of your comfort zone, and into something tribal, rugged, and real. Welcome to the Men's Alliance Podcast. I'm Dave Mills, Goose. I'm Dusty Parker, Shadow. Connor Dillingham, Chief. All right. Got Chief with us again today. And, you know, we were putting together today's topic and we knew it had to be with Chief. Yeah. Right. Um, talking about getting out of our comfort zones physically, but also spiritually, mm. uh, stepping out of the boat. Right. And, um, and you are the man that comes to mind with that, right? With your license plate. Sure. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I love it. By the way, I love your license plate. Um, <laughs> What's your license plate? My license plate <laughs> is S-O-O-T-B, step out of the boat. Oh. Yeah. And I saw that license. I was like trying to figure out what that stood for, running like yeah. military acronyms through my mind. I'm like, what on earth yeah. does yeah. that stand for? Then he told me and I felt stupid the one the 1.5 million acronyms from the military yeah step out of the boat so i'm gonna ask you chief what's uh what's a time in your life what's a story or a moment where you were the most uncomfortable wow uh so i would have to point to so i i lost my first wife from cancer uh she had uh, breast cancer and it metastasized to her brain and then liver and lungs and kidneys and everywhere man and uh so it was very aggressive um so they they actually said that she was cured and then about a year later she was gone um Mm -hmm. so i had a daughter that was seven years old at the time and a son that was four years old and um i recall uh, driving home, we, we buried her in Charlottesville area where she grew up. And I recall driving home with two kids in baby seats. Well, you know, one was in a booster and one was in a kind of a baby yeah. seat, I guess. Um, trying to remember exactly, but either way they were both, they couldn't be in the front seat. They were that little. Yeah. So, uh, they were both in the back seat and I just look in the rear view mirror and I'm like, Oh my gosh, buckle up. What? now you know and i I just remember um you know uh, certainly uh talking to god uh, my faith then that was 2008 early 2008 and my faith is nowhere near uh, uh it's it was nowhere near then what it is now but i certainly was a christian and i certainly relied on god but i can remember that that has to be the most uncomfortable i've ever been Wow. And so that was like, um, 15 years ago. Yeah. What was it like going through that, um, with the, the network that you had at that time? Cause this is way before, way before having a tribe way before men's Alliance. Yeah. I, I can imagine it would have been a lot different if I had had men's Alliance at the time for sure. Um, so, uh, luckily I had, family in uh in midlothian where i lived at the time lived at woodlake uh, mm-hmm. 
at the time. And, um, so it had a good family network and, um, but you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, we've got a couple of, uh, uh, men's Alliance guys, tribesmen that have lost family members recently. Yep. And I'd actually like to talk with them today about, you know, how has that support network, uh, disappeared on you a little bit. I'm sure men's Alliance has been there for him. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, even though you have family network there, you, you know, I, the church brought us meals, you know, I was working uh, long hours, picking up kids at the last minute from daycare every day. So the support network was there for a while and then it just disappears very quickly. So yeah. then it's like, okay, um, I'm making all the meals. I'm doing all the laundry. I'm teaching them, I'm, you know, how to potty. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, trying to act like I know how to raise a, a young girl, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> no idea how to raise a young girl on your own without support from a spouse, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you, the, the being uncomfortable gets even more uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, that's our show. Trying to hold back some tears right now, oh, man. man. Yeah, I haven't just... spoken about this in a long time. No, that's so that's so big. That's that's really heavy. Yeah. Any physically anything uncomfortable that's not so depressing? <laughs> uh just what we talked about before we started recording, and uh maybe we shouldn't touch on that topic. You were in the Coast Guard, I guess, so not too many uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, your situation was not one that you chose, right? So that's, yeah. that's uncomfort for sure being yeah. thrust upon you as you went through it. Did it get easier? Yeah. Like so, how long, how long did, like, did this go before it was like, be started to become like, okay, I'm in a rhythm, you know, like I can do this or did it never happen? Um, you know, I, I don't know if that ever truly happened, but yeah. you know, with, uh, you know, I, I, I dated uh, a couple of different women, uh, you know, after I got to the point where I accepted that, okay, I've, I've grieved and I can, you know, yeah. I can somewhat be healthy for somebody else at this point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I was dating, you know, they took to the kids and, you know, helped me out here and there. So that was a little more sustainable, but it's, they're not staying with you, mm -hmm, you know, right. uh, living in your house. So it's like, you still have to, you know, take on all the, you know, the, you know, 6am to midnight every day trying to be a single parent. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it ever got truly, you know, comfortable, but, uh, you know, I did meet my current wife, uh, four years later and then ended up marrying her. And, uh, that was a big load off. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Here you go. Your yeah. turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome though. But she, yeah, she's a great mom. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that was a big load off for sure. How old were your kids then when when you guys got married? I guess uh eleven and eight. Okay. So yeah. still very young. Yeah. Yeah. Um what what would you say right now to a guy going through that? A guy who's driving home right now from that funeral looking at the kids in his backseat what would you say to him uh i would say um <laughs> buckle up it yeah, it, yeah it's going to be tough um rely on god uh hopefully even more than i did uh, you know looking back 
you know, I'm sure that if that happened to me today with the faith that I have now, I would have relied on God and prayed a lot more. Um, but I would say, uh, especially with regard to relationships, uh, with, uh, other women, I would say, just, uh, be careful, make sure that you, you've gone through the grie- grieving process. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, people that, first of all, you, you're, you're not going to be good for them if you're, if you're not, you know, healthy yourself mentally. And then, um, you want, you want somebody that is healthy for your children. You don't want to introduce somebody to your children unless you're truly ready yeah. for that. And you've, and, you know, you're in, you're in the right place. That's good, man. Nobody wants to follow that. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'd say find a nanny as fast as you can. <laughs> well, I'm sick of talking about myself. So somebody else yeah. can go. All right. Um, shadow. What's a, what's a time in your life where you've been uncomfortable? Man, there's a couple, um, ones that come to mind. I'm going to go like the physical, physically uncomfortable uh-huh. would be, we were in country doing, you know, for probably three, three or so months, uh, just doing the longest I've gone without a shower is like 31 days. So oh, that's man. like, that's uncomfortable. That's really rough. <laughs> yeah. Are you going through that right now? Yes. I feel like <laughs> what I, day is this? I, what I number? Like, uh, are we on 29? Well, I'm on day 31. <laughs> I I smelled Did you, um, I think you're, you're referring, you know, you're referring to your time in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Yeah. In country would be in what right. country? Uh, this was actually in Haiti. Okay. So we're out doing, you know, patrols every day it's in blazing heat. Uh, and then coming back to, you know, it's not like, oh, when I get, when I'm done with this, I get to go sit on my recliner, have a shower and, right. you know, a cold beer or whatever. It's like, no, you just wait for the next one. You know, it's Dude. like, there's no, nothing soft to sit on, you know, Haiti, you know, I've never been to Haiti, but. Yeah. From what I hear, that may, will make you feel dirty just even if you're showered. Yeah. Like that, that country is in extremely impoverished. Yeah. 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 It was, um, I mean, they, we were there for a good cause and everything. So it was nice to help them because it was right after the earthquake, the big earthquake that mm-hmm. happened in, uh, probably 2010, mm-hmm. 2010 or 11. Um, and so, yeah, after like 31 days, I finally just said, you know, going to take, because you, you can't take, you always have to be ready to go, mm-hmm. you know, at a moment's notice. But I was like, I'm going to take the risk, you know, strip down, wash my camis. Hopefully I don't get called yeah. up on a, for a patrol or something doesn't pop off. Uh-huh. And I'm standing there in my underwear with wet camis, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, thankfully that didn't happen. But I stood there in a bucket with a water hose and just showered, and it was awesome. I've heard of guys, a uh, guy in the Army was telling me about, like, going, like, 30 days without a shower, and he said he took a, a Purell shower. Yeah. You ever do those? Yeah, yeah. He's just wiping. <laughs> just, yeah. You just strip down and cover your body with hand, with hand sanitizer. sanitizer. Yeah. Or baby wipes, <laughs> yeah. Another one that was even, it was probably even most more uncomfortable than that was we were... I can't remember where we were, but all I remember is it was very cold and very wet, very rainy. And for about a week, we were just 
out there. We were doing, I know we were doing like different weapons calls, but it was, you'd wake up having to go to bed wet and then wake up and put on cold, wet candies mm, yeah, and start your day cold and wet and end your day cold and wet yeah. is miserable. So we would put, we'd take off our, our candies, you know, and you'd put them underneath your sleeping mat yep. to keep, so at least they would be warm, yeah. you know, when you wake up. So it's wet and warm is better than wet and cold. Yeah. You know? So when so, I was at survival school, yeah. um, I did survival school in the very northern part of Washington state. And I was doing it in November, December. Yeah. And we'd take off our boots at night when we'd go to sleep. And um, yeah, you wrap up your boots yeah. with you. So that when you wake up in the morning, they're not frozen. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We would also stuff them with like newspaper. Yeah. So it would like draw the moisture out of them, you know, hopefully. But yeah, you just sleep with everything you can just to keep body heat yeah. on it. And sleeping in puddles is very uncomfortable. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's not good? No. I may have told this story before, but we were on another uh, training evolution and we for sure, this is when I was like a straight boot, which is like a super rookie Marine. And we thought for sure that we were going to be called back into uh, just because it was da like torrential downpour and it just seemed unsafe for us, you know, young Marines. It's like, there's no way they're going to keep this whole battalion out here for this. And uh, I remember they called us all, the battalion commander called us all together, school huddle. We're like, all right, this is it. They're calling it. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to go back, back home to the base. He was like, you know, the, all I remember was saying, we're Marines. We're not swayed by circumstance. Mm -hmm. So if it's not raining, we're not training. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> now awesome. go back to the, now go back, set up your tents and go to sleep. You got about four hours. So we set up our tents in the rain. So they're yeah. filling up with, they have, you know, they're filling up with water. And then we just went, we just, you're so tired. You don't really care. You have to sleep. So you just lay down and water's coming into your ears because mm -hmm. you're sleeping in water. <laughs> I slept though. It was a waterbed. <laughs> and if you if you think that's uncomfortable, so uh, Coast Guard Reserve duty, uh, we we had a, a an officer that uh, said, uh, you know, he wanted to save save money right on lodging when we had come for the weekends, and yeah. we had to go from a hotel to Cheetah Manix and stay at the Navy base. Mm. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? No more hotel. <laughs> yeah talk about yeah. uncomfortable yeah that's tough yeah tell you some air force stories <laughs> <Not bad. laughs> I know. you know yeah air force that we were we were down in uh, uh panama canal and early on in, the, in my career and uh uh navstay rodman you know mm -hmm. down there and the air force had the real nice homes up on the hill yeah nice. yeah yeah they had the nice houses yeah when i was in fast we uh it's the first time I had experienced a air force chow hall. My sometimes we would leave cause I would, you know, we, we were based in Norfolk and our captain would take us to Langley just mm -hmm. for lunch sometimes. Cause we didn't have a whole lot going on. It's like, we're going yeah. to Langley to eat lunch. It's like, okay. It's like, <laughs> you know, hour drive, <laughs> but it was like, we got there and we're like, what is this place? Yeah. It's like a mall food court. Yeah. Better. And we sat down to eat, you know, and then some lady came when we were done asking, like, are you finished? I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess. And they take it. I'm like, where are you going? 
like, oh, they take your trays here. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, yeah. it made me hate the Air Force yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. You love the Air Force. <laughs> Didn't even have to tip, did you? <laughs> no, I was like, who are these people? They take yeah. your tray when you're done. I was like, this is this is crazy. You know, I think the most well, you know, when I think about being physically uncomfortable, um, uh, you know, I think a little bit about like some of the really long missions that I had, yeah. you just have to, you, there's no escape. You can't right. go anywhere. You're, you're in the jet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're, you just buckle up and just sit tight. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I think about the time where I was flying 17 hour missions every other day. Um, and you're, so you're always at the end of your hours, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, they legally can't fly you. They're only letting you have a day off because they can't legally fly you for aviation safety reasons more yeah. than that and and so that was pretty uncomfortable but e- easily the 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 most uncomfortable <laughs> i've ever been in my life was at um seer yeah you right, know right, right, right. where where they're um you know so that stands for survival evasion resistance and escape and definitely the resistance is the bad part yeah. right you think it's going to be the survival survival is the fun part yeah. you're like out in the woods and yeah. you're like they give you a live rabbit yeah. And you're, you're doing all the fun stuff, right? You're building a fire and right. killing animals and stuff. And you're like, this is kind of fun. I kind of like yeah. travel school. And then you get captured. Yeah. And now and you're you a POW. And then you get interrogated. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, <laughs> I remember they, um, one of my evil interrogators, um, you know, had been asking me questions and, and you're, you're butt naked. Yeah. You know, you talk about being uncomfortable yeah. is, um, they're they're just sitting there at a table with a cup of coffee asking you questions tell us about the aircraft you fly what were you doing in our country yeah you know they're asking these questions while you just stand there naked yeah and they drink coffee yeah and you're just like man this is super weird and then they were like, you know, you're not. They being... made you. They made you get naked. They yeah. don't do that for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't yeah. that happen for everybody? Uh, yeah. Nobody. <laughs> and um, and they they didn't like the way I'd answer their questions. No, it happens to everybody. And uh, and they they opened up a little wooden box. Yeah. They opened up this wooden box, and the guy get said, in. the guy goes, "Get in." Yeah. And I just looked at it, and then I looked at him. And I just kind of like, let out a little bit of a laugh, a little chuckle. I was like, uh, <laughs> I can't I said, fit in I there. I said, I can't fit in there. And he laughed and he goes, I fit guys a lot bigger than you in that box. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, crap. And um, got in there. You're like, you're like just doubled over yeah. in this thing. Your knees up to, to your chest and you're curled up in this ball and, and they're pushing on <laughs> you. They're, they're compacting you down to where they can get the lid shut and and um latched that would drive me insane and got in there I'd tap out got that thing latched and then they started playing like i have i to this day i have no clue how long i was in that yeah. box start- i don't know if i was in there for like two hours or like eight hours yeah. like because i would doze off and when you wouldn't know how long you'd been in there you start playing and they baby, played baby cry noises they played <clears throat> they played what felt like a couple hours of yoko ono oh gosh screaming hey jude yeah and then um they did this rendition of this poem called boots Mm. and uh i've talked to guys so i was doing this in oh three and i've talked to guys who went through survival school 
last year, 2022. Yeah. Um, they're still playing the same stuff. Yeah. Same soundtracks. Yeah. They're like, it was this crazy poem and it was just going boots, boots, boots. And I was like, Oh dude, I remember that poem. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, um, and then the, the third thing that I remember listening to for like hours was, um, the sound, it would go beep. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is no longer in service. Please hang up your phone and try again. Gosh. Beep. We're sorry. The number you've dialed is no longer in service. Please. Yeah. It was like just stuff like that. And you would just be laying there and you're like kind of in and out of sleep. Right. Super physically uncomfortable. Like your neck's hurting, your back's hurting. You got to go to the bathroom. I had pneumonia when I went through this too. Mm. And um, I got well. it here in the survival <laughs> part out in the field. Yeah. We came back from the survival and we were about to start the, um, we've done survival and invasion. We we're about ready to start resistance escape. And the, um, the medic was like, yeah, you've got pneumonia in both lungs. He was like, we can, we can pull you out right now until you get all better. Then you'd have and to go through it back. again. And that was what I said. I said, when I, when I get better, can I come back into right oh. where I am now? Or do I have to no. start at the beginning? He was like, no, we'll start you at the beginning. I was like, nope, I'm good. Press, no yep. Keep going. <laughs> Let's knock this out. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, you know, that, that kind of sucked physically. Uh, right. But even through it while it's going on, uh, you know, you know, it's just training. Yeah. You're, you're constantly telling yourself, they can't keep me here forever. This right. is only going to last a couple of days. I know that when we came here, it was Monday. Right. I know we're done by Friday. So you've got that like mental out. Like right. I can't imagine going through that. If you literally didn't know when it would end, right. right. That would be, that'd be hard. But so, um, these are some great examples, you know, of all different types of comfort, right? Like, yeah. Like you're talking about chief about, you know, emotional, mm -hmm. right. And the, yeah. the loss of your wife. Right. Um, and then there's physical <laughs> discomforts as well that we've been through, but now I want to, Think about this, because one of the things we say in Men's Alliance is we get out of our comfort zones physically, because that's like a metaphor to help us get uncomfortable spiritually, right? I think mm -hmm. like one of the things we talk about, you know, our motto, tribal, rugged, real, this is kind of all about the rugged part and why we're outdoors in any weather, doing workouts for 30 minutes um, before our devotion. And I think that there's this concept of if guys have never been uncomfortable, they've if they've made conscious decisions throughout their life to prevent themselves from ever getting in an uncomfortable situation like a mud run no that's ridiculous i'm not going to do that yeah go out in the cold and work out no i'm not going to do that and and there's a lot of guys like that i my theory is that it's harder to get out of your comfort zone spiritually mm. right when you've conditioned yourself to not do difficult things mm -hmm. to not do things that are uncomfortable um well i agree with you i mean that's i think it's way harder to get uncomfortable with your faith than physically i in my personal opinion it definitely is for me sharing my faith with one of my best friends um guy i mean we've been we've been buddies since college and um he, he's not a christian and sharing my faith with him is like one of the scariest things I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like so nervous and I told him this afterwards and we, we laughed about it. Right. But I was like so nervous. It was like that nervousness of like getting up the courage to like ask a girl out when you're yeah. in high school. Mm -hmm. 
right? You're like, oh man, I know I need to say this. I got to say this. I can't let myself leave here without saying this. Right. You're like, why do I feel this way? Why is, why am I getting nervous? I think for me, part of it is because you feel like you're going to sound like an idiot to somebody, you know? And because going back to like the patch class, because you don't, if they ask you questions, you may not know the answers, you know? And it's like, that's what's so good about the patch class. You know, you're spending a bunch of your time on something that nobody can touch. Yeah. Yeah. Expand on that. I don't know. It's, it's like, uh, you know, faith is faith is exactly what it is it's 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 having belief in in something that you that uh, no nobody can touch nobody can uh okay physically feel yeah, right, right right um <clears throat> so but you're you're dedicating your life to that yeah you know? so I, people that don't understand faith yeah may think okay you're crazy but why would you spend so much time on something that that is really you know in in intangible yeah when you think about it i think i think all the most important things in life worth spending our life on are all intangible yeah right if you think about dedicating your life if you're if you're maybe i don't know pops in my head if you're an attorney and you've dedicated your life to justice Mm -hmm. right it's an intangible or if you're you know you know intangibles like justice loyalty yeah. love honor you, you can't touch faith. justice you can see Ex- examples of justice exactly you can't touch justice exactly yeah you think about that um so is that what you like by saying being uncomfortable with your faith you're talking about out of your sh- comfort zone out of your like yeah by sharing your faith like what do you, what does i think that, that would be mean? one of them i think that would be a big example for a lot of people would be that'd be how they would step out of the boat what right. does it mean? What's another way of yeah, like I don't know, stepping out of the boat with your faith. I don't know. Uh, so a big thing for me is this. So this is totally out of the comfort zone. Stepping out totally in faith is giving your money. Oh, you know, when a man takes true. his wallet out and gives his hard-earned money, yeah, to God, the intangible, right? You're count, you're faith. trusting in God. You're saying, God, I'm yeah. giving this to you, but in doing so, I'm trusting that you're going to take care of me. Yeah, yep. you're that not going to let me, you know, yeah. starve. Right. Gonna, you know, mm-hmm. that's a big act of faith. Yeah, yeah, that does make me uncomfortable. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, this is Dusty Shadow Parker. I just wanted to take a break here and tell y'all help us reach more men. We cannot sharpen men into the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be without your financial support. Your donations enable us to launch and sustain tribes at more churches and reach more men with the gospel of Christ. Men's Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit, so your financial support is tax deductible. Go to mensalliancetribe.com slash support to join our team now go refill up your coffee and enjoy the rest of this podcast so you're talking about giving giving your money i think another way that we step out of the boat into into an uncomfortable area with our faith is um and i've seen this through you and other guys not worrying 
like making a conscious choice to not worry. I'm yeah. going to give this to God when you've lost a job. Mm. That's a big one. Um, or, I mean, you could substitute that. We're going through any hard time. Right. Just deciding to take on the, the, uh, the mentality of I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to give in to, you know, wringing my hands in fear and anxiety. I'm going to just decide to trust that God's got this. So can I comment on that? Please. Um, so the, with regard to stepping out in the boat in faith and everything, the, so I was unemployed uh, recently. Uh, I got uh, laid off last fall. And, um, you know, what do you do then? You just start applying to a million jobs, right? And this was a, this was a layoff where there was no severance package, right? So, um, you know, I'm on emergency fund. So <clears throat> a couple of things. Um, I continued to uh, give money to the church. I didn't reduce my oh, wow. uh, contributions to any charity like men's Alliance, yeah. uh, you know, men's Alliance, or, you know, we give to, uh, you know, different, uh, Christian organizations and mm -hmm. plus my contribution to the church. So that, that one is, is something that I had to pray about. And, uh, but, uh, man, you know, I just gotta say that's, that's quite huge. amazing, man. Yeah. There's people that don't give and they've got a job yeah, and they're making good money. And you're saying you kept giving after you lost your job. Like that would be the first That's thing I think in, if for me that I'd be like, okay, we got to cut back on those. Yeah. Until I have well, as, as silly as it, as it may sound, you know, I've heard many stories on Caleb radio where it's like, you hear these people that have to choose between giving and the light bill and everything. Mm. And they, and they, they say, Hey, you know, they, they, they continue to make a small contribution, uh, you know, whatever they could. Yep. And we're wondering if they could even pay the bills, but they had that much faith. Yeah. And, uh, then something miraculous happened. Yep. You always hear. And then all of a sudden some stranger handed us an envelope yeah. or what, you know, and it was the exact amount of the life. Right. right. Exactly. Man. Yeah. So that, so, and, uh, another thing that I wanted to comment on real quick is the fact that when, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people and you, you've, you've said this, Oh, that, you know, you're, you're not worrying. I, you worry, obviously you, know, you are anxious and you're like, okay, yep, you're human. Okay. It's gone long enough. I need a job. Mm. Right. Um, and this is where I actually impressed myself a little bit, uh, here, <laughs> uh, because, um, in, uh, late December I was offered a job and I turned it down because, uh, it's a, it's a company that, uh, requires vaccination and I'm unvaccinated. Mm -hmm, right. And, um, I just, I'm, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I just, I don't need it. I've had COVID twice. I'm, I'm still living. Uh, I, I just don't feel like I need it. And I don't feel like it's a company's, uh, position or, or it should be a company's position or an organization that should dictate what I should do right. with my body. So, you know, I, I, I just wholeheartedly disagree with that. And, uh, when I really need a job, I turned it down. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, thank God, you know, they called me the next morning and said they had reversed the policy. Did yeah. that have anything to do with me? I don't know. Uh, but I did, uh, kind of drop a little nugget 
say, hey, by the way, I'm interviewing with your main competitor and they do not require the vaccination anymore. And you got the, you know, it, it hundred percent had to do with you I don't know. <laughs> and with prayer. And I think, you know, I, I, I love that story. Yeah. And I think that shows God moving mightily on behalf of those whose hearts are tuned and turned towards him. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, really that company reversed its policy and this is a huge company reversed its position. Um, and you had the integrity to stick with your stick with what you were uh, convicted about, not given a fear, not given a worry, even though you were like, okay, time to start getting a paycheck. Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's just amazing. Um, example. Well, I figured if it was meant zone. to be, then God, yeah. God would open the door, you know, shadow. What's a, what's a way that you uh, step out of the boat spiritually? One thing I was going to touch on with, with you is like, and I've heard this quote in the past, it's like strong convictions that are held loosely. You know, I fall into that category sometimes where you like, you feel all these strong convictions. Oh yeah. I, I don't agree with the vaccine either. Da, da, da. But if it came to my job, it's like, would I turn it down or not? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, so that's <clears throat> something I always think about. Like, would I, is that the, and then you have to weigh like what mountain are you willing to die on for your, for your convictions, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, which, which ones are worth it, which yeah. ones aren't. Well, I've so, had a couple of family members, yeah. not, not in, not my spouse or kids. Right. Uh, well, actually one of my kids, um, and, uh, maybe a brother and maybe a sister as well. Yeah. Think that I was being ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's tough. Right. You know, um, one time when you said, you know, choosing not to worry, I had lost my job, uh, in the past before we moved here for circumstances that I don't really want to get into because it's a really long story, but, um, I didn't know what I was going to do, you know, cause I didn't have any other prospects really, but I did have some part-time jobs that, um, where I was just trusting God. Like, I guess I'll just go wholeheartedly on these and I'm not gonna, thankfully God has, He's always made me where I can keep a calm head in like stressful situations. I've seen that throughout my life. And uh, one thing, I thankfully, I I turn to him when those situations come. I don't turn to like drugs or alcohol or anything like that, thankfully. Um, And so like I, my, that was, it was probably a six month period where I just remember that as being such an awesome time with with me, my wife, my family, and uh, most importantly, God, because we just had when you're when you're living life, because you can take these um, you can take a job as like a false sense of security, you know, where it's like I'm gonna get a government job, that's good job security, or a city job, that's job. There's like no, I learned there's no such thing as job security, you know. It's like they can be taken from you at any moment right just like anything else and so when you put your faith and security in god that's like the only true security and so when you're living your life not knowing where your paycheck or money is going to come from everything that happens you know it comes it's coming directly from god you know yeah so it's like when you get a call for you know a job or a shift you know doing whatever it's like that wasn't planned you know Mm -hmm. thank you god 
know, or when somebody gives you money for this, it's like, oh, thank you, God. You know, everything, God gets all the credit when he should be getting all the credit anyways. Right. But he gets, you just, me personally, you see it, you're more uh, heightened sense of awareness of it. The more you trust, the easier it gets. Yeah. And so I ended up making more money by not having a real, you know, full-time job than, uh, than I did, you know, when I didn't have a job, you know, I made my, the money was better. And so that was, that was an awesome time in my life. Scary, but also awesome. Yeah. I think some of the ways we, we step out of our comfort zone spiritually is like, you're talking about when there's lack of funds, loss of a job, loss of a loved one for sure. Um, deciding to give your money huge one right that's out of your comfort zones Mm -hmm. um speaking up sharing your faith with somebody to me that's been one of the one of the most uncomfortable um but all of these i would say every single one of them they're only super hard the first time yeah as it happens the second time you're you've got a little bit of a track record you've been down this road it's Mm -hmm. not unfamiliar territory um and you know hopefully some most of these scenarios you don't go through them more than more than once but like i'm talking about when it comes to you know sharing your faith or giving your money those are ones where we get practiced at and and it's not as as scary as it used to be right because we've done it before and we get we get more comfortable with it um but i just wanted to share this uh a quick excerpt here from the book of matthew and this is coming from chapter 14 and this is where we got the um, this whole step out of the boat mm. for for today, right? Fourteen twenty nine. Um, so when uh, the disciples are all out in the boat, it says when the disciples saw him talking about Jesus walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, cried out in fear. So they couldn't recognize who it was. They just saw a person walking yeah. across this lake towards their boat, and Jesus immediately said to them, "Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid." Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Um, When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So I think there's this component there about we step out of the boat, we get ourselves into these uncomfortable positions, whether it's sharing our faith, giving our money, um, not losing hope during tough times. But then, just like Peter, we're all susceptible to sink. Yeah. Right. It's not like a one and done. You stepped out of the boat. You're you, you've got it made. Right. It's like we step out of the boat and then still there's those seasons of doubt. Yeah. And there's we, so we, much we, to unpack in those verses. There really is well, so can, much to unpack. I can unfortunately think of so many more examples of when I didn't when I stayed in the boat. There you go. You know, mm-hmm. When I didn't step out. And that could probably be a whole nother podcast. But one thing. uh as far as stepping out the boat, do you think it's a scenario where if you step out the boat, God will take care of you? Is there no 
chance of oh, I stepped out the boat and no, I don't I think that at hanging. all. I don't right. either. Yeah. You've got to be. I mean, who, who was Peter moving towards? Yeah, right. He was looking at God. He was talking to God. He was moving towards Jesus, right? Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of people. I mean, they're all around us who their lives are wreck and they thought they heard the voice of God. Yeah, saying do this. But isn't it funny how like how how yeah. we, we know that God will take care of us if we step out of the boat, but yeah. we're still so nervous to do it. You know, yeah. like I think of like maybe just a little analogy when I, I used to rappel and fast rope a lot in the Marines. And one of the scariest parts is when you're rigged up on a, you know, 10 story building. Yep. Just going over the edge. Oh and, yeah. And putting all your weight and faith on the rope. Well, That's to give it an analogy. Part. And I said, well, and you see everybody do it ahead of you yeah. and it works every single time. Yeah. But when you get up there, it's still like, here I go. That's because there's there. a long way oh. between your head and your heart. Yeah. There's, and there's just a split second where there's no tension on the rope. Where shadow, you drop just a little bit and then it catches you. Such a huge like, okay. difference though of doing that <laughs> yeah. and then doing it on a tattered rope, right? Yeah. We use our common sense, obviously, right. but uh, you know, you're not going to be like, "Hey, I'm stepping off the ledge," uh, yeah. you know, if the rope is like half tattered. You know, yeah, you're yeah, not going to yeah. do that. But you know, we stepping out is um, it's something that I think we're called to do. You know, because faith is tough, and if we're not stepping out and testing ourselves and testing our faith. We're not growing. Yeah. And, you know, to use that, we, we've we got a rope we can we can trust. Yeah. Right. We've we've got the, the strongest rope there is. And, you know, I think that as we as we like use that muscle. Yeah. That muscle stepping out of the boat as you yeah. you repel. Um, it's it does a get little easier bit every, scary every time. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. still a little bit scary yeah. every time, though. Right. Right. Even though, you know. In your mind, and you're telling yourself, yeah, the whole time you start leaning back, you're telling yourself, it's fine. This yeah. rope works. It's right. got me. And you do get better at it each time. Right. But it never goes completely away either because right. we're just human. Yeah. Right. And God understands that too. Right. Right. Um, great conversation. Man, yeah. this is so important. I think, you know, just talking with you guys about this, it fires me up. I want to be looking. Yeah. Like actively seeking for more opportunities. We miss a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're like, oh man, I should have, or I should have said this or done this, but I want to be looking throughout right. today, throughout tomorrow for moments where I can do something, where I can push myself a little bit uh, spiritually out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. uh, to do something a little bit more on faith, trusting that God's got this. He's not going to let me, let me sink. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Last I, thoughts? I, I like having uh, the license plate because I, I know people are going to ask me about it because yeah. it's soot be. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and actually, um, on my way over here, my neighbor, uh, I stopped at the stop sign. He was there walking his dog or whatever. And uh, he's like, you know, hey, I've always been meaning to ask you, what does your license plate mean? So I had that moment to explain yeah. that to him. You know, it'd be a great answer for when you don't have time is just say Matthew 14. Yeah. Yeah. Make him go read it. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a, that's a and good Matthew 14, man. Yeah. Go read it. Yeah. Well guys, yeah. this is, this is awesome. Uh, chief, thank you so much for sharing 
Absolutely. You know, your story, um, especially, you know, about the loss of your wife yeah, and, and what you went through there and being uncomfortable for, for literally for years, um, and staying faithful and, you know, your story, your witness has no doubt impacted men that, yeah. that, that you'll never even know about this side of heaven. Yeah. Right. But you're, you're serving as that example, even through things like, um, the loss of a job, right. The, the still being faithful to, um, tithe your money in the loss of a job. Right. And not just take a job right away that requires you to compromise your, your beliefs either. So, you know, I just thank you. There's a, there's an awful lot of, uh, of representing that you're doing that you may not even realize it's fruit, but it's happening. Well, it, it, and it's, and it's not by chance, right? The, the, when, when I was out of a job, um, my son needed me, mm, absolutely yeah. needed me. And I look back now on the, the time frame that I was unemployed and that is just not by chance. Wow. He needed me. Yeah. And now you make bank and drive a Range Rover, you know, that is not Catalina wine. <laughs> If I had the money, I wouldn't get a Range Rover. <laughs> but seriously, dude, yeah, I I, just, I love doing these because there's always so much wisdom and stuff I learned. So this was a convicting podcast uh, for me. It was good. I was touched by you guys. Yeah, same. Yeah, and right you know, if you're if you're listening to this, share with us um, an instance of of how you've stepped out of the boat. Right, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email. And um, we'd love to know how God is using you to get out of your comfort zone spiritually as well. So send that to info at mentalliancetribe.com. Look forward to seeing you guys around the fire. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Men's Alliance podcast. Find your tribe at mensalliancetribe.com. Or maybe you're the man to start one in your area. And send us your questions or comments to info at mensalliancetribe.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon.